Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. No normal mind can imagine. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Savage of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I am Mike. I am Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. It's Friday this time. Typically we do this on a Saturday, but Friday's good. The early bird catches the worm, so I've heard. I've never woken up early enough to even want to catch worms, so. You know what the problem is? Like, I can't sleep past, like, 7 o'clock anymore. Well, I figure early is, like, when the bird starts singing at 3.30 in the morning. Well, I ain't getting up that early. Oh, hell no. I wake up and I'm like, damn fucking birds. Then go back to sleep. You know what's funny? I, uh, before I got my current job, I did a ride-along for Cintas, for those who don't know. Like, they're the people that go around and swap out your aprons and rags and stuff like that. They do a bunch of stuff. Clean your, like, your bathrooms. They start their work at 5.30. Like, I was up at, like, 3-something. I'm like, nope. (laughs) I'll do it today, but not, this ain't gonna be a thing. So, while we sleep, they live. Who's they? You know, them. Them they? Yeah, they. Oh. Them's the powers that be. Word. The revolution will not be televised. (laughs) Anyway, we're talking about John Carpenter's They Live from 1988. Or as some people like to point out, today. Did it take place this year? Or they couldn't have. No, it didn't take place today, but people are like, this is happening today. And even John Carpenter oh, says, true. this is a documentary. <laughs> well, I mean, wasn't it basically like an anti-Reaganomics like, movie? Yeah, exa- exactly. And he would like to point out that, so David Ick, Ike, I don't know how you say his name, David Icky, he's a pretty popular conspiracy theorist he was one of the first people to mention that reptiles are the ones in charge and they walk amongst us blah 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 blah. so he's kind of taken the whole late live thing to a different different place and it's like anti-semitic 2017 john carpenter tweeted out they live is about yuppies in unrestrained capitalism it has nothing to do with jewish control of the world which (laughs) is slander (laughs) and a lie it's fucked up if you gotta go ahead and say that. Yeah, I read that. They're like, oh, this is like the Jews are trying to take over. I'm like, where do you get that? I mean, honestly, to me, I, and I still look at it this way just because that's how I want to view it. It's just my favorite wrestler and another great actor taking on aliens who are trying to take over the world through subliminal messages. And that's all it is. Yeah. I don't know. I try not to like look at things politically. I just want to like them. Yeah, and this, see, this one, I believe, you could look at from either the left or the right or even somewhere in the gray middle where most of us like to reside. Because mm-hmm. when Nada put on the sunglasses and saw that the whole world was fucked, guess who that affects? Every fucking buddy. Yep. <laughs> you know? It's just like, um, do you want our climate to change so drastically that we all die? Do you want to be no. eaten by you know, rotting corpse lizard people? No. So that brings us to our recipe. 
<laughs> of course Rotting lizards! No, no, just kidding. This is a recipe for disaster. So, obviously, Jeremy and I have posted a YouTube video, which you may or may not have seen, where we burn our faces off until we end up looking like these thems with our uh, trouble bubble chewing gum. Because there may or may not be a line involving bubble gum later in this. I've heard movie. that. Yeah. For my beverage, I've just got some plain old beer. Are you going to consume <laughs> said beer? What do you mean consume? It says Budweiser. <laughs> Are you wearing sunglasses inside? That is very strange. Mm. So I decided to go with a beer. Not you, you went that way. I went with the Miller High Life that he was drinking in the hotel room. Nice. Yeah, well, when I saw the dude drinking the, the beer at the end, you know, when he's in the bar and every, like, he's been exposed and he's just sitting there drinking the beer, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I still think the end's the best. Hey, what's wrong? <laughs> that was funny. Both played by the same guy. They were all, it was, he played every, like, all of them, didn't he? He played most of them, yeah. I mean, there were scenes probably with saved, multiple of them. Yeah, I mean, probably saved money on, you know, if one guy did. Most yeah, Roddy Piper stated that. So it was the uh, the stunt coordinator. Yeah, he's like, ah, you know, he likes wearing pumps. But when you got fourteen black belts, you can wear fucking pumps. <laughs> he didn't say fucking because he was very very wholesome. Roddy Piper. <laughs> they influence our decisions without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeling it. They control our lives without us realizing it. They live. Horror master John Carpenter, Halloween and the Thing directs this heart-pounding thriller. Aliens are systematically gaining control of the Earth by masquerading as humans and lulling the public into submission. Well, that sounds like a wrestling move. Humanity's last huh. chance lies with a lone drifter who stumbles upon a harrowing discovery, a unique pair of sunglasses that reveal the terrifying and deadly truth. Spoilers ahead. Okay, all right, They Live, 1988. John Carpenter, based on the short story, 8 o'clock in the morning. By Ray Nelson. Hell yeah. Great story. Not not very not very long. I was about to say, I I didn't realize it was a short story, so I may have to go check that out now. Here, take my copy. Got it. Uh, so it's oh. actually a short story and then later made into a short comic, which is basically the same thing. It's a little little tweaked, but I don't know. I really like the short story. It's really cool. So eight o'clock in the morning references there's a show where with a hypnotist and he tells the subjects to awake but one of them woke up too much one of the subjects awoke all the way this has never happened before and it was george nada he has a first name in this my protagonist What's has it? a first name it's g-e-o-r-g-e -E. <laughs> i mean technically in the movie he doesn't have a name at all well, he's credited we as cred nada he's credited yes which it makes perfect sense because makes... does he have a name uh, nada. 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 They call him on the phone. It's his handler. Tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock a.m., your heart will stop. And he's like, fuck, no, it won't. And he doesn't need the sunglasses. He just walks around, and as long as he focuses on not being succumbed to their subliminal messages, like he, he can't be near a TV, he's afraid of TVs, he can see these monsters, and they've got, like, those crazy, like, tentacle eyeball things all over and yeah it's pretty pretty gnarly stuff all right then so the movie opens uh, there's like graffiti on the wall and this was pretty cool because like the the credits kind of started right away and you see the title they live and then all of a sudden it's you know spray paint on the wall 
like it was part of the graffiti. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was wicked cool. There's like a needle, and then there's like the church is like on the on the wall. Someone there's a picture of someone else spray painting, and then we have a train rolling under the bridge, which apparently cost them twelve thousand dollars to do. Now, it, did it cost twelve thousand dollars to do just to like get the train to do that, or because they fucked up and had to do it twice? I think it was because they fucked up and they had to do it twice. So what's that? Like $6,000 each time to have a train go by? 6K a bang. I mean, couldn't they just wait for a train to go by? (laughs) Right. Like, sitting there all day, train starts to go by. Okay, action! Awesome soundtrack, by the way, kicking in here. We have Coming to L.A. as the theme by John Carpenter and Alan Howarth. Sure. Great great theme. It's kind of got like a whole, uh, I don't know. It's, It's just awesome. And you got Nada walking in, but it kind of sounds yeah. like, have you ever played Sam and Max Freelance Police? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but like the way the harmonica plays underneath like the bass and stuff, it just reminds me of them. And I expect to see a dog in a suit and a bunny buddy. That's <laughs> funny. We meet Nada. Looks like he's like a drifter, a nomad, or whatever you want to kind of call Big it. Big backpack, oh. sleeping bag. Yeah, backpack, sleeping bag, the whole nine. It's just, he's walking around, seems to be job hunting. He used to work in Denver, but things kind of dried up for him. And unfortunately, there's not a whole lot going around where he is now, which I think is, is that supposed to be L.A., I'm assuming? Yeah. Now, the thing I love about it is they basically just shoot in downtown, and they don't show you, like, the ritzy part. You know, they don't show the Hollywood sign or anything like yeah. that. They show, like, you know, shantytown and under bridges. <laughs> There's a street preacher going on about worshiping greed and uh, etc. It's getting to be nighttime now. Things are kind of moving a little quickly, and uh, he's now in like a homeless section that's kind of near a job site, I think. And he's watching TV through somebody's window. I dream of being famous, stepping out a limo on the news, blah, blah, blah. Everyone will love me. Yeah, so... Like the next morning, he's at a construction job. He's desperately trying to get some work. He meets the foreman, who, one of two Back to the Future references here. Yes. He was, he was Lou from the cafe. Yeah, Norman Alden. Yeah. So basically, he uh, he told Nada, if you want a tab, you got to go pay for it, and then Nada leaves. That is not what happens. That's not what happened. You're trying to be funny. <laughs> he's like, ah, I could use the work. Frank, who's uh, Keith David kind of looks over sees the new guy just kind of notices what's going on after work kind of tells him where he can stay there's a there's a place over here but he never really not never really answers him he just kind of ignores him but like follows him along yeah at at first i kind of thought was a dick move but then yeah both of them their dialogue after that i was like "Eh, i get it and then they seem to hit it off right away yeah which is kind of what happened in real life john carpenter yeah first set them up he's like all right i want you guys to go off to lunch and i want you to hang out and don't think of this as like a fighting alien movie i want you to think of this as like a a buddy movie and they came back and he's like that was quick so well we really didn't have to say much we just hit it off he cool i cool we cool yeah so basically frank was like like i don't like people fucking following me and then nada was like well i don't follow people unless i know where they're going yeah (laughs) <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> whatever it was. He brings them to this, like, a homeless, you call it a community, I guess. Like, it looked like everyone was kind of, like, helping each other out. It, it know, was a well-done well, well done, uh, shantytown. 
And yeah. I, I guess Roddy Piper lived in one of these early he on did. in his life. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. A scene later hit home. But yeah, they have a church nearby. So they have, it's not a shelter, but they've got a kitchen that they can use. So everyone works and everyone gets fed. It is. It's a community. So, you know, he starts showing them around. And this is where we meet Gilbert, who's, I, I feel like he's kind of like the head of uh, everything. Yeah. There's people cooking. Uh, you know, the homeless are able to eat, which is which is good. And then, you know, Frank explains. And it seemed to, like they ate well, too, because yeah, uh, the lady said more to Roddy. And he's like, yeah. And she just piled more on his plate. So they got enough to go around. Yeah, this wasn't mush that they were eating. No. So Frank and Nada are off, you know, just sitting down eating their food. Frank says he has a wife and two kids back in Detroit. Gives him his whole thoughts on the meaning of life. Nada gives his thoughts. You know, you follow the rules. Basically, everything will work out. Keep your head down, do your job. I like Keith David's, uh, or, or should we say Frank Armitage? I don't think I knew his last name. I knew he was Frank. It's alluded to. So I don't know if you caught who wrote the screenplay to this. I did not. He also wrote The Thing, uh, probably one of other John Carpenter's movies. His name is Frank Armitage. Oh. So Keith David's character wrote this movie. It, it was really written by John Carpenter, but he got sick of seeing his name as producer, director, writer. Uh, so the Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft had Dr. Armitage. So that's where that comes from. And then Frank. Got it. Well, it also turns out that he is a pretty good harmonica player. He did make a funny quip in the in the uh, commentary about this. He's like, yeah, that horrible harmonica playing, that was actually me. And then he goes on to like say something like it's called like La Brea Tar Pits Blues, and it was written by this like four hundred pound guy with a whip around his neck. And John Carpenter's like, "What?" And then that was it. <laughs> so, uh, so a couple of guys are watching a commercial for uh, looked like I'm guessing press on nails. You know, while she's like typing. Oh, with the nails, and then she like the picked nails. up a cube of cheese <laughs> with her nail she and did. ate it. Ugh. She skewered the cheese with her nails. What the hell is this? One of them is Buck Flower. George Buck Flower, who, yes. if you've been following us, know has been in a shit ton of fucking movies. My favorite. Yeah. Well, besides Back to the Future. One and two, mostly. Was he in part three? I can't recall. But he was also in so. Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bolorama. Yes, he is. So it gets interrupted by an old bearded man. There is a signal broadcast every second of every day through our television sets, even when the set is turned off. Look around at the environment that we live in. Carbon dioxide, fluorocarbons, and methane have increased since 1958. Earth is being acclimatized. They are turning our atmosphere into their atmosphere. We are like a natural resource to them. Deplete the planet, move on to another. They want benign indifference. They want struggle. We could be pets. We could be food. But all they really want is livestock. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. They have created a repressive society and we are their unwitting accomplices. Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. We have been lulled into a trance. 
They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others. We are focused only on our own gain. Please understand they are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep. Keep us selfish. Keep us sedated. That was long. That was really long. So they don't play the whole thing straight through in the movie. They you know play it in little pieces when uh, the the TV announcer breaks through the the signal. But that's the whole thing right off of the uh, the soundtrack. And if you like think about it, a lot of that stuff is pretty pertinent, not to aliens, but to like right. the extreme upper class, the one percenters. And when I say one percenters, I don't mean the cool biker gangs. I mean, like, you know, the Bezos and Musks of the world. People that just shoot themselves into space for fucking fun. Hey, what do you want to do later today? You want to grab a beer? Hell yeah, on the fucking moon, baby. Because why not? Why the fuck not? I heard that beer just tastes so much better with no atmosphere. I feel like you would try to, like, drink it, and it would just, like, float away. Like everywhere. It would be, like, in those big bubbles, and you'd get to yeah. float towards it. be like, aloop, <laughs> So, like, it, all of a sudden, like, the signal cuts in. One of them starts to feel, like, a headache. And the street preacher, who's, like, down near the church, is, like, mouthing exactly, like, what the... Uh, the old guy is saying like so that was like weird very interesting that the blind preacher can see Mm -hmm. but it's very interesting once the regular broadcast has been disrupted everyone starts to get a headache not as watching this like kind of from afar going what the fuck is this like what the hell is that and then like gilbert comes down and takes the preacher away and kind of like sneaks him into the church but it almost seems like it was against his will, but at the same time, he's blind, and he's like, what's happening? Yeah. So it, it was probably not against his will. The next morning, Nada heads off to work, runs into Gilbert, and uh, asks him about his 4 a.m. choir practice. Went a little late, don't you think? Well, the church is kind enough to let us use their kitchen. A lot of people here to eat. Yeah. The TV is interrupted once again as... Another person complains about a headache. It was a a girl, and then her father says, yeah, my head hurts too. Uh, Gilbert runs back to the church. Nada's like, oh, I'm going to see what he's fucking doing. So he heads over. Here's the choir singing. I think he goes into, like, like the basement of the church or wherever where there's, like, a like a table with some, with like some beakers and test tubes with, like, liquid in them. And then next to that, a bunch of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of sunglasses. <laughs> like with, it looked like a meth lab with <laughs> 80s sunglasses next to them. So you, you got your blue blockers, and then next to that, you got your meth lab. <laughs> blue blockers. On the wall is painted, they live, we sleep. And there's like a reel-to-reel going with like choir music playing. So the, the music that he's hearing is obviously just being played through a, uh, a sound system. So upstairs, Gilbert's holding a meeting... And it seems like he is behind the messages. One wants to get whatever they have, like, out onto the streets. So, and there were a lot of uh, crates there, or uh, yeah. big boxes. So it seemed like they did have a big stock of these these sunglasses. But you get a lot of information here really, really quick. So they've had this underground thing. So I I'm guessing it's in other cities as well. Why else would they have so many 
boxes. They're not just going to be like, here's some free sunglasses, put them on. Or maybe that was their plan. Who knows? That doesn't seem like a very good plan. No. Gilbert also mentions, we're just robbing banks and shooting people. (laughs) Well, they're not shooting people. True. But he alludes to the fact that they have been robbing banks to fund this whole thing. Which, put a pin in that one right there. Mm -hmm. In his quest to be quiet, he trips over a bunch of stuff and makes a lot of noise. But because It it was like Peter Griffin. (laughs) <laughs> like, trying to be quiet here. Like, tiptoeing backwards and then, like, knocking over a bunch of pans that are just, like, there all of a sudden. <laughs> Nobody notices because the music's too loud. Uh, you know, he puts the, the, the wall panel back or whatever the hell, like, he knocked over. And then runs into the preacher outside who, like, starts touching his face. Like, who, his are He's like, who are you? He's like, who are you? He's like, oh, you're a working man. All right, see, so the the blind preacher, he can see without the sunglasses. So he can't put on the sunglasses and see. Right. Uh, oh, God, I, I have to look up his name. But he, he says that the uh, sunglasses are a great metaphor for ideology. And since the preacher can't see, I mean, he sees with his hands. So he just feels the guy's face. He's like, oh, you're not a lizard, ugly, rotting corpse guy. You're a working man. Yeah. So that's what I got from that. And uh, basically, he's like, all right, you know, I gotta go. And he's just like, you'll be back. There's a helicopter circling around the area. The guys come out, and they start putting on the sunglasses, and they're just kind of, like, looking up to see, you know, what the hell is going on. Nada goes over and borrows a kid's, like, binoculars, and he's, like, spying on the church. So Frank comes over to see what he's doing. You know, he tells him what he saw. He's like, there's fucking shit in there and sunglasses. But he's like, just leave it alone. Don't fucking bother nothing. Just put your fucking head down and go to fuck to work. Which is funny because that's kind of what Nada said earlier. He mentions, I just follow the rules, keep my head down, I do my job. That's the American dream. And now Frank's saying the same shit, even though he mentioned earlier the golden rule. You know, those who have the gold make the rules. But now he's like, I follow the white line. And Roddy Piper says the best shit. He's like, the white line is the worst place to drive. <laughs> it's, it's, great. it's in the middle of the road, you know. <laughs> like, what? Like he, well, first he said he walks the line. So it's even worse because he's walking in the middle of the road. Yeah. A lot of Roddy Piper's lines are kind of ham-fisted. Love the guy. Awesome <laughs> yeah. actor. But, like, some of his lines are <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Uh, so Frank walks away. And then later that night, not as still spying. And the helicopter is back. This time it looks like with like a sniper. But before that, I do want to mention that George Buckflower's character, who's credited as Drifter, mm-hmm. still on that little like sofa, looked like it was like a, a seat ripped out of a car, yep. watching the TV. And he's telling the other people, he's like, oh, did you hear about all the violence? Violence has been sprouting up everywhere. And it, it's terrible. You know, you hear about this cult. This cult, this underground cult, has been robbing banks and shooting people. It happens all the time. You know, the end of the century, every end of the century, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. All these, these loonies, these crazy people, and he's really twisting what, what's happening. Like, I mean, we know from what happened earlier that yeah, they are robbing banks. They're not shooting people per se, but that's what it looks like on the surface. Those are pretty good buck flowers right there. Thanks. 
so so yeah so this time the helicopter's back with like a sniper in tow and a few cars have like peeled out of like the church area gilbert and the preacher and the guy who was talking in the signal disruption uh they're running away but here comes the cops swat and apparently the scientific investigation division it's an important thing it's a thing i guess i i but uh, yeah, so they're, they're pulling out flares and everything. There's an excavator that literally just tore this whole like community apart. And all right, Which, so this is a real thing that happens periodically. Yeah. Shanty towns go up or tent cities, whatever you want to call them. The city has had it. They've got enough complaints. So they literally do give a warning. Well, usually they give a warning. In this case, they didn't. Unless you count the helicopter circling a lot beforehand. Uh, but yeah, then they go in there with a the bulldozer and they really do. They just plow through. And Roddy Piper, yeah. this is the scene that, that got him. He mm. said that was really tough to, to film. Yeah. So Frank and Nada catch eyes again. And then like people are just scattering everywhere. Nada's looking for Frank, but the cop, like he, you know, he kind of tumbles down like a little small like hill or something <laughs> and he goes down and he sees like cops beating the shit out of mr buck flower and the preacher was buck flower getting beat up i thought it was him so we have the preacher the tv announcer um and i thought that um what, what's this gilbert was there as well i didn't think gilbert was there or maybe it was just the tv guy that it, that okay. it, that it was e- either way uh the preacher and another guy is getting the shit kicked out of him the preacher grabs a stick and he's He's fucking ready to go. He's freaking swinging like... Too bad he couldn't see where he was swinging. (laughs) And of course, like, Nada's just, like, backing off. He's like, this is is, is, is probably bad. Like, I want to help, but they've got a lot of guns. And I've got... You know what I got? Nada. (laughs) It's fucking awful. (laughs) So... He sees, like, a, a kid, like, hi. Actually, was it the same kid he borrowed the binoculars from? Maybe. That was, like, hiding off in, like, in the corner there. And he kind of, like, helps him to, like, kind of escape. And they go through, like, the window of, like, an apartment. And he finds, like, a few others, like, hiding. So the next morning... The guy offers him a joint. He, don't forget that. Oh, that's right. He did offer him a joint. The next morning, there's he's kind of looking at the aftermath of the destruction, which is basically now just a dirt patch yeah people are trying to get what little possessions that they have or that they can scavenge from the rubble yeah he notices like the church across the street now has what really got me though was the the father and daughter the ones that mentioned they had headaches earlier yeah and they were like obviously wicked distraught yeah so the church across the street seems to have like smoke coming out of it like he goes goes in and looks and shits everywhere shits like disheveled not a kicks in the wall uh, the wall panel grabs a box and heads down an alleyway and it's he a made box it seem like it was so easy so first he went in there found yeah. that the lab has been destroyed all of the boxes that were stacked up are gone and then he notices something funny about the wall he knocks uh, knocks again oh that sounds hollow then kicks it in yeah it's not like he just so, knew the, the fucking sweet spot yeah so like he heads down the alleyway this alleyway and opens up the box and it's it's uh a box of sunglasses and he just kind of sticks it in the bottom of a barrel and puts trash on top of it which i thought was a horrible idea to hide something in trash and then cover it with more (laughs) trash Trash. because what usually happens with trash oh well stick around and we'll find out soon (laughs) 
<laughs> but he keeps a pair for himself. As you would. And then he, of course. It's sunny so out there in Hollywood. So he's walking down the street, and then he finally puts them on, and all of a sudden everything goes black and white, and he see he sees things that he can't see without him. So like the billboard all of a sudden goes from I forget what the ad was. Well, even before it, that, this right when he puts on the sunglasses, he noticed he's just looking at his feet, kind of notices the sidewalk is black and white. Takes them yeah. off immediately, and was like, "What the?" F-? He kind of looks at him like, "What the fuck was that?" And then, like, yeah. grabs the bridge of his nose, like the kid in Dazed and Confused. Yeah. <laughs> Automatically, he, like, seems like he's starting to get a headache just from wearing the sunglasses for, what, five seconds? Right. So it's kind of like waking up to a bad hangover. Ah. It seems like what, what's happening, like, when the signal is broken, when you break the signal with the sunglasses, ooh, waking up is tough, and a lot of people rather just sleep, Fair. which we find out. So one, one billboard says, Obey. Which obey <laughs> the way you said obey. <laughs> you, you're this like you're talking to your girl. You're just like obey. <laughs> so like years later, I'm well, years ago, I should say, but like obviously way after this, we're at I forget I was at Uno's or something like that, and this dude, you know how like they came out with like the obey like propaganda like. She- like, Shepard like, Ferry, he's a yeah. he's a big artist. I believe he did the Hope poster with Obama. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, like, this kid had a hat that said Obey on it. And I'm like, dude, nice they live hat. And he just went, what? Yeah, they, yeah a lot of people don't know it. They, they wear it unironically. I, I or guess so. Ironically, I mean, he... because, so this guy, he's an artist, and he took the Obey thing, and he put it, it, it turned into, a, like, a whole skater thing. Yeah, and basically a clothing line where this guy got a big profit. So it it is ironic, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, people he... are wearing it, not understanding what it's from. Because I said the same thing to someone too, and they were like, hmm? and then I saw it in Newberry Comics, like tons of it. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, but there were other other things uh, said. Marry and reproduce. No independent thought. Consume. Uh, someone uh, I, I... don't mind if I do. Uh, you you will have to. Uh, I will as well. So like everything, like magazine covers, everything, like has these messages on them. So there's a there's a guy like buying a newspaper or whatever, and he like looks up from a magazine, and the guy has no face. It, it's basically as if they ripped the skin off his face. And then what then was he... underneath was a horrible attempt at old school 3D. Yeah, yeah. So and then he puts them back on, and he's back to normal. Or it takes him off and he's back to normal. And of course, like the vendor guy, he looks normal. And he's like, hey, you, are you going to pay for this? Like, or what? And he notices the cash in his hand says, this is your God. And uh, so he's, he's just walking around with them on, just kind of like looking, seeing a bunch of people Wait, with can we no pause, faces. Can we pause for, for one second? Because one thing that I did notice as Nada was noticing all this before he, he left, right next to his head was a book called Edgar Casey's ESP. And of course, being the nerd I am, I had to look it up. And apparently Edgar Casey said that he could see into the future and he could see the problems with the world, blah, 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 blah. But guess where he saw these things? While he was asleep. Oh. I just thought that was really cool that they, they put that right, right, like juxtaposed next to Nada, who was seeing for the first time, who was awake for the first time, was seeing stuff that this guy was seeing when he was asleep. Interesting. Eh, was it? 
<laughs> so, so yeah, like he heads into he heads into like a market. Most expensive it, it, scene in the movie. How much did that scene cost? I mean, I off the top of my head, I don't know, but I know that a scene earlier with the train cost twelve thousand dollars. So I'm going to say a lot more than that, <laughs> because they had so, they painstakingly had to stock the shelves with all these labels. Well, first well, that, they had to shoot the shot, and then put the labels on everything. Well, that's what I was like thinking like earlier, like when you, they showed like the magazine stand, and, like everything. I'm like. They had to make, like, all of that shit. Uh, all right, so, oh, my God, I wish I wrote the guy's name down now. I feel like an asshole. Uh, but most of the scenes where you just see Nada putting the glasses on, and, like, over billboards and stuff, that was done with, like, uh, you know, like animation slides. You put the slide over, and the guy yeah. painted everything. Interesting. So I'm, I was wondering, like, how they did shit like that. Movie magic, dude. Ah, uh, Yes. A commercial is on on the in the uh, market, and uh, it's a politician giving a speech, and he just kind of chuckles. He's like, ah, "I figured you'd be one of them," yeah, or or something like similar like that. And the lady bumps into him, and this is like one of the, this is one of the I just laugh my ass off. Like the the lines are kind of stupid. Yeah. But oh my god, you're ugly. <laughs> you're cool. You're fucking not. You're formaldehyde face. You know, you look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957. I love that. He goes, you, you're okay. You, real fucking ugly. <laughs> look, I take them off and you're fine. I put the glasses back on. Boom, formaldehyde face. <laughs> like, holy shit. Then all of a sudden she's Dick Tracy and starts talking into her watch. Yeah, so she's got like a little, a little Rolex. She's like, we've got one that can see. Yeah, so now like they're all kind of turning, turning and noticing. He's like, "Huh." So all of a sudden, like you know, the cops are on their way. Like they catch up to him. They ask him where he got the glasses. After some unfriendly banter back and forth, the cop tries to negotiate, but Nada takes them both out. Then shoots one with one of the cop's guns, and then shoots like the other cop too. After a second, grabs a shotgun from the cruiser, and then another another cruiser heads up, but he ducks into a bank. Because, you know, you go into a bank with a, with a shotgun. I think he just went into the nearest door. He walked in there by accident because he didn't realize it was a bank. And, of course, you go into a bank with a shotgun and everyone's like, oh, no, it's Clyde. Clyde Barker. But instead, he walks in and gives probably, wait, 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 I mean. I, I just mixed up Clive Barker and Clyde Barrow. <laughs> I was making a bad Bonnie and Clyde joke because, you know, who the fuck robs banks anymore? You know, nobody. That's well, apparently stupid. Clive Barker does. I said Clyde Barker. That's Clive's idiot brother or cousin or something. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he gives his uh, famous line, I've come here to kick ass. Nope. And ah. thought, or, or is he there to chew bubblegum and I kick can, ass? I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And that's all a lot of bubblegum. Which apparently a lot of people say was ad-libbed. It was not. John Carpenter no. and him wanted a badass line for him to say, and he had this little booklet of badass sayings that he would use to hype up wrestling matches. So basically what he would do, I watched a whole documentary on him. Uh, it was on probably last time, last year sometime. He kept a notebook with him, and, you know, for promos and stuff, when he was on the road, he would just constantly write shit down that would come to his head. So he'd just 
kept that with him. And and that's the the one they used. I have to say, uh, all right, we've seen it so many times used a- after that. But I do have to say that Dazed and Confused probably did it best. And I don't even know the yeah. character's name. He was a random character, and they're at the the keg party, and it, the nerd bumps into the the asshole in the black t-shirt, and he's like, "You know what? We just came here to drink beer and kick some ass." It looks like we're almost out of beer. Because that made sense, because they were literally drinking beer, and the keg was almost tapped. Um, but Roddy Piper didn't appear to be chewing gum at all during this whole movie. No. The only assholes that chewed gum were Jeremy and I to prepare for this movie. It's true. So, yeah, he starts mowing down. I want I can't say he was mowing down people, but he was mowing down. He says later that he did not kill anybody. True. And according to IMDb... He only kills one person, and I won't spoil it for you yet. <laughs> nah. We could just so, say she's a blue-eyed beauty. Very blue. Like, stunningly blue. So, so yeah, one of them all of a sudden is talking into, into his watch and giving a description, but Mama don't like no tattletales. Yeah, that was another one of his great lines. And then, like, the thing hit a button, and he disappeared. Uh, didn't hit a button, so they turned the dial. Boom. Ah, so it was like Megamind, where like he turns a thing and turns into something else. Kind of, I gotcha. What? Never mind. Megamind. Never mind, Megamind. Okay, gotcha. Megamind is awesome. I don't even know what you're talking about. Please move on. It's a kids' movie, but it's amazing. But anyway, so uh, yeah, he disappears, and then now there's like drones and shit too. Oh, I love it. That was another funny line. He's like, "Oh, you're here to tell them where I am." (laughs) It's like. He's talking to it. <laughs> Runs into another cop. He's got great aim with a shotgun, by the way. He does. It's not easy to shoot into the air and hit like... Oh, the, the like the clay shooting? <laughs> yeah, so he runs into a cop in the alleyway and who seems to be normal, tells him to drop his weapon, lets him go. The and guy then this took is where the we... fuck off, by the way. Yeah, he did. Uh, so this is where we meet Holly. The only one I think they mention who has a full... First name and last name. Holly Thompson. Holly Thompson, yes. Uh, who's walking to her car in a garage while sirens are going like crazy. And Nada just like sneaks up behind her and basically kidnaps her and her car and makes her drive to her house. Yeah. But not too fast, though. Drive normal. Drive normal. There's cops everywhere, like on foot. They're like running everywhere with like their SWAT shields. He insists that they go to her place. Now, I don't know if you noticed. I noticed in this scene... Roddy Piper's wearing a wedding band. Uh, yeah, he refused to take it off. So yep. there's a few few shots. Because like, like it, it made me think. I'm like, wait a minute. He never mentioned he had a wife or anything like that. But then when I was reading like the tidbits, yeah, they said he refused to take his wedding band off. The tidbits. The tid- trivia tidbits. They're called anyway. factoids. Come on, man. Sorry. Uh, he apologizes for basically kidnapping her. Uh, well, before that, actually, they pull into the garage and the neighbor was like, hey, Holly. I wonder what's going on over there. That's weird. He's got a gun to her ass. Ugh, must be some kind of kink of theirs. And then another guy comes out. He's like, well, that's fucking weird. It's like, shut <laughs> up. Go get the gun. <laughs> I got a new kink. <laughs> so so he apologizes for, for everything. And she's just like, you're not sorry. And he just starts like throwing everything out there like a crazy person like there's aliens everywhere and this is they're controlling our minds through tv and like all this stuff and she's just like you are on crack and so he like 
sounds like he's making nonsense and he's like oh try him on try him on just like you're i'm just gonna say i'm seeing what you want me to see anyway and she's very calm and collected and i do want to say that i don't want to plant any seeds of like doubt in anyone's mind if you haven't seen the movie if you haven't seen the movie why are you listening to this you should watch the movie then listen to this but uh she's in a really nice fucking neighborhood up in the hills she mentions that she's an executive like producer at channel 54 it's a programming director yeah so it seems like you know she may be able to get what she wants and maybe manipulate a little bit you know the upper hand shall we say she slowly gets up but he says not to fuck with him as she's like i just want a fucking drink so she goes to the bar grabs a bottle he apologizes again this is where she said she's a program director for Channel 54. And as he's going up to, like, the window, she smashes him with a bottle. And he goes flying through the glass and down the Hollywood Hills. He loses his glasses. And, like, he hears more sirens. I feel like there's sirens constantly going in this movie. He hightails it out of there. Um, he's fucked up. Like, he's just kind of limping around. I mean, he just, he just got smashed in the head with a full bottle. Pushed True. through a window, down two okay. stories to a hill, to roll down said hill, and then have to just run. How would you take that? R- You'd be dead. <laughs> but it's Roddy Piper. True. True, true, true. Uh, so he just Rowdy. keeps walking. Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper, yes. Uh, he uh, just keeps walking, heads back to the job site, and he's like kind of hiding. And Frank uh, is seen going over to the little water cooler thing. And, uh, you know, he asks him for help and he's like, oh, hell no. Just like, fuck off. Get the fuck away from me. Like you fucking killed people. Like get the fuck out of here. So he heads back to the alley, but the look for the sunglasses. It doesn't do empty. Not people. That's uh, true. Mm. It is a fair so, point. Yeah. It is true. No, you're right. He goes to find the box that he put in the trash can. The box is gone. And then he, d- the, the trash truck who just picked, like emptied said, trash bin is down the street and he jumps into the back of probably the cleanest garbage truck i think i've ever seen this reminded me of the scene in a never-ending story when they shove the kid in the dumpster and he gets up <laughs> and he only has like confetti in his hair <laughs> i was about to say like it's full of shredded paper and boxes like Who's sh- like where this does not look like an office type area, so I feel like there's not a lot of shredded paper that's going to be in those trash cans. There's a lot of a lot of shredded paper and and, and shit like that, yeah. And he finds the box so, like right away. I mean, he finds the well. The thing is like tipping up, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" See, so I see. This is another. So <laughs> the trash truck picks up all of that trash just to end up dumping it in the dumping alley, it, <laughs> dumping it back in the street. But he finds a box, like you said. Frank comes down the alley and gives him one week's pay and says, stay the fuck away. Which was a pretty awesome move. It was a, it was a great move, because I think Frank genuinely likes him. And Nada tries to explain, gets him, tries to get him to put the glasses on. He's like, no, leave me the fuck alone. And this is where we have the next five minutes of probably one of the best cinematic fights I've ever seen. All right, so unfortunately, when I went to time it, I stopped at one point because they stopped fighting to, to talk shit to each other. And then I started it again. And I got 
a little under five minutes and 15 seconds. Whereas I saw it clocked in on various websites at five minutes and 20 seconds. And then you listen to other commentaries like, oh, this 13 minute fight, nine minute fight, six minutes, seven minutes. <laughs> so, you know, take it with a grain I mean, of salt. I... According to Roddy Piper, it's the longest fight in cinematic history. And we're just going to go with that. So look up get, the longest fight in cinematic history. And whatever it clocks in at, add a few minutes. Because fuck yeah. R.I.P. Rowdy Roddy P. So, and this fight was also the inspiration of Peter Griffin and the Chicken. And also the cripple fight on South Park of Jimmy and Timmy. Uh, the What? The what? The cripple fight. Are you kidding me? Have you not seen that <laughs> I know episode? the fight. You're just being very insensitive. The, di- <laughs> the differently abled brawl. I almost said underhandy. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> you know, the underhandy fight. The, 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 handi- <laughs> the, the handicap spat? Like, I don't... So anyway, it was this fight was based off of uh, an old John Wayne movie. Where it also went crazy long. But these guys really trained for like three weeks for this fight. Yeah. Like practicing. And then spent three days filming the fight. So I guess like like everything except for like headshots and groin shots, everything was real. I believe that to a fault. So, So Roddy Piper does say that Keith David can punch like a mule. Which I do believe. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure maybe a couple of those punches are real, but you could. It was a wrestling match. You know what I mean? It was, but but I mean, still, I mean, it it looked, it looked great. No, no, it looked awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I don't think either of those guys could take the other guys' punches for that long. Yeah, I, I mean, you. I mean, you. You could even I'm, see like, my inner organs. Would have been spurting out of all of my orifices <laughs> if I fought either of those guys for that long. I mean, you could actually see like Keith David was wearing knee pads. Well, there's one there's one shot where they do a, a suplex, and yeah. they pull the mattress. I don't I don't know if I caught that. I've been. Oh well, yeah, you don't for that. you don't really see, but you, you but in the behind the scenes, there's a there's a mattress there, and the way it's angled, you know, and then they have to you know pull it behind. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so John Carpenter's like. Uh, Roddy, uh, it would be really cool if you add, uh, well, you know, one of your soup, or, or he at just add a suplex in the shot, and Roddy goes, "Well, which one? Here, let me show you a couple different ones." And John's like, "No, no, 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 I, I, I trust your judgment." Yeah, I, well, I guess John Carpenter was a big wrestling fan, so. Oh yeah, he wrote for uh, Ring Magazine, I think, for a while. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, I mean, we spent a lot of time on this fight. Anyway, we should spend a lot of time on the fight because it's a long ass fight. It's true. But so, this is also a great example of someone not wanting to wake up. They'd rather be asleep. They'd rather be in, quote, unquote, the Matrix. Because mm. waking up hurts. It, it, you know, it's giving everyone headaches. They, they'd they rather just keep their head down, live their life. They're content. They don't want to have to deal with what may be really going on. Yeah. So he. I, it's important like- that it goes on comfortably long oh, yeah finally <laughs> if you yeah. were here right now i'd make you eat this fucking trash can 
<laughs> but yeah, he like screams at him. He's like, put the glasses on. And he's just like, fuck you. Forces the, gla- the glasses on Frank. And then all of a sudden he's like, holy shit. And Piper comes back with, life's a bitch, and she's back in heat. Which supposedly was Macho Man Randy Savage's favorite line from the movie. Fun fact. <laughs> and it Ooh, might have been be- slap it to reality. So it might have been better if it was actually said by him and said more like, life's a bitch, huh? And she's back in heat. I always have to do the Slim Jim <laughs> if I go into my <laughs> Macho Man voice. <laughs> so anyway so they wander into a hotel they grab a room both are exhausted beaten to shit did you notice there was a guy just... sleeping in the lobby it did it's like right on the ground right by the door it's, and, it shows uh, you that it's a, a five star Hollywood yeah. hotel you know yeah. very very upper echelon type of shit both look exhausted like I said they just beat the shit out of each other he just goes ain't love grand Frank is now just seeing all the billboards out the window of the, the hotel. He asked Nada how long they've been there, which is kind of funny because, like, he just showed up to town. And he's like, how long has this shit been here? And he's just, like, as if he knows everything. It's like, dude, I just found out today. Uh, but, so he does make, he's like, you're not the first person that just woke up. And then he warns him about wearing the sunglasses too long because, you know, it gives you a crazy headache. But you, you gotta imagine. Imagine seeing this shit for the first time. Someone that literally kicked your ass or not kicked your ass but like fought you for almost six minutes to talk you into wearing these sunglasses you might yeah. have a few questions for them true it's no, very very natural so now he wants to find out he's like we got to find out who made them now nada kind of gives him you know a background on his childhood uh, his dad turned mean on him he ran away at 13 which the story isn't very dissimilar to his actual life his dad put a razor blade to his neck and tried to saw it like a tiny tree <laughs> well i mean it's not that bad but he did run away as a teenager oh, you said oh damn that, they, they might Canada. have exaggerated that one but I, I i know i know he he left he left his house at an early age hmm. so the next day coming back from the market frank runs into gilbert who like i thought all you know first time seeing this i'm like gilbert's the bad guy he's trying to put subliminal messages into people and um so he's not the bad guy nope Gil- he gives him a look lo- gives him a location about a meeting hands him some weapons uh they get there and this is this biker nope, dude make sure no like, one follows you oh uh, yes if you're going to a secret uh, meeting that's like rule number one after yes. like no one talks about fight club and number two is like so i guess that's rule number uh, no one follows you. No one follows you, yes. Hey, man, there's something new going down. And they both just kind of sit there, and they're just like, what? <laughs> and he just opens the door. It's like, you can go in. I know, like they don't need a password or anything. I know. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of the homeless community that, was, uh, that they were staying with. A lot of them are there. And instead of the glasses, they're given these contact lenses for less interference. Oh, for right away, uh, the lady says, you can take those off. We're all human here. Now put these contacts in. <laughs> <laughs> but she says, and uh, they, they don't give you the, the headache. Right. Yeah, because of the, the interference. Uh, 
Gilbert gives the lowdown, explains most sell out right away, and then they get promoted, they get big bank accounts. Ooh, that that was mentioned in the market earlier. There was yeah. two people talking, and the guy was like, oh, what was me? And the other dude, ah, dude, chill out, man. Everything will happen for you. You just got to be patient. And the guy's like, yeah, but Whoa. you already got the promotion. And it was one of the lizard people that got the promotion. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I call them lizard so... people. Only because <laughs> of the whole conspiracy thing, which we can go down that rabbit hole, man. I've got notes for days about different conspiracies. I watched so many YouTube videos by accident. I, I, like, so you fell down the rabbit hole. Oh, man. I was Alice. Yeah, for, for real. Because I was like, ooh, ooh, David Ick. Oh, he, oh, oh, this person, uh, this person. Holy shit. Did you ever hear about the Mandala effect? Is it the Baron Stain Bears? <laughs> Mind blown. So, yeah, almost everyone sells out right away. Now, it, it the, like, the movie's, like, focusing on, like, the TV. There's a message on the TV, and it says, basically, humans are all but livestock. And, uh... There's a table full of, like, guns, ammo, you name it, fucking grenades. Like, they're handing out all these weapons. Uh, they hand out watches that are basically two-way radios. Uh, there's a button. They said it. They called it a button. He's like, where they can disappear, but they hadn't figured it out yet. Yeah, because maybe you push the button and then turn the dial. Because I clearly saw the guy turn, like, the face of the watch, and then he disappeared. Yeah. So may, maybe that's what they haven't figured out. Or figured out maybe there's like a certain way you you rub the button. Sometimes Ooh. you don't rub it directly. Sometimes you rub around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, circular. Sometimes, you know, depending circular on emotions. what, what you know, you got you to look at your partner. To, I mean the watch. You got to look at the watch. <laughs> see how it's reacting. <laughs> so Holly shows up to this meeting and uh, tells them that the TV, sig- TV station signal is clear and that it's coming from somewhere else. Nada and Holly kind of uh Wow, I missed and... that. Did she say that? Yes, she did. Holy crap. Now, how did she find out about this meeting so quickly? Nada don't I give don't a know. fuck. He doesn't give nada a fuck. Nada gives nada. He's like, hey, blue eyes. So she apologized and then... As she's talking, a huge bomb goes off. Like cops raid the place. Gilbert's killed along the way, uh, as with most mad of the people, people are. are just killed. Yeah, a uh, few survive. Holly, Frank, and Nada, a mad somehow get out, and Nada's just firing away at people, killing them like down the alley. Uh, he's trying to find Holly, but Frank said he's crazy, and a couple, couple cops show up in the alley, and Frank accidentally opens a portal with the watch which is really cool so it's like yeah uh, what what was that that game was it called portal i think it was just called portal yeah it was called portal you like you shoot like through it and it comes out like another thing and you have to like hit a switch or something yeah you gotta figure out where to shoot the portals and whatnot yeah. that's yeah. exactly what it looked like it, it really did or and, uh, so they... roger rabbit when they have that, that box full of holes and they grab the hole and just throw it on something. Like, oh, look, a hole. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the underground hallway, like like an underground hallway, like wherever this is. There's two guards. One of them is using Egon's PKE meter, I might add. A lot of these people are using the PKE meter as, as a communicator of sorts. So not to find ghosts. 
They were not trying to find ghosts. But that's what it's for. I know. Busted makes you feel good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, four years later, uh, they get to use a prop from, from Ghostbusters. I thought that was wicked cool. It was. It was. So they hear these the messages on like their communication that mission accomplished, and they're all excited that they won. So Frank and Nada, as they're walking around, walk into a ballroom-type banquet, you know, because they don't stick out in their civilian clothes while everyone else is dressed in tuxedos. There's a big speech happening about the human power elite, and... Like, everyone's in fancy dress tuxedos, and they're drinking champagne. Champagna. Oh, 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 this is a good year. And they dressed in in the same outfits that they've... The champagna of beer. Oh, shut up. Oh, that is funny that they were... Oh, that's good. So they were drinking the champagne of beers earlier in the movie, and now Ah. there's real champagne at, like, the, the Illuminati's meeting. So they they walk in in the same smelly clothes that they've been wearing for the whole movie, and no one turns around and no one gives a shit. Like, what the fuck is that smell? And yeah, they're just fine. George Buckflower comes over in a tuxedo with his champagne, and uh, yeah, he's just like, "Oh fuck yeah, guys, you got invited! Hell yeah!" I, I didn't know you were recruited. I want to high five so bad, but I don't know if these guys high five. I haven't found that out yet. So he explains to them how the portal, like, on the watch works, and then shows them a room where uh, dudes are just being beamed from, like, one world to another. Uh, So the subtitle says that the planet is Andromeda, so which is like a real galaxy, uh, so not an actual planet. Um, The transcript of the, the movie, which I hate to say is horrible, because it's only like half of the words written down. It says it's Andromedon. So I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. They're just getting beamed. So one guy gets beamed towards this planet. And the other guy gets beamed to nowhere. So I don't know where he's going. But basically they just he, they pick up a briefcase. They're in a suit. They're not in like a space suit. They're just standing there. Pick up their briefcase or their suitcase or whatever. And then pew. They're gone. They're a, they're a beam of light. Yeah, they're they're gone. They're sent to planets unknown. Which reminds me of the scariest story I've ever read in my whole life. The Jaunt by Stephen King. And I'm not going to say anything more. It's a short story from uh, Night Shift. I have that. My favorite book of all time. I've read it so much it's tattered to pieces and held together with tape. See, I thought they were just going off to help Marvin the Martian find the Illudium Fuel 36 Explosive Space Modulator. They're helping Elon Musk because Elon Musk just like tweeted out that humanity will be on Mars before the end of your lifetime. Well, he just bailed out of Twitter, so I don't believe anything he says. Well, he's still tweeting. Okay, but he was going to buy it. No, he's not going to buy it. It's very expensive. He's got it. Yeah, but why? <laughs> like, know. you know what I mean? Why? What's the purpose <laughs> in that? I don't know. He's, he's got so much money, he can shoot in a space for a beer. As we said earlier, <laughs> why does he want to buy Twitter? He can tweet for free. It's fucking it's free. <laughs> anyway, so Buck's showing him around, shows him the, you know, the 
the beam room and then finally shows them there's like this control room it's like a tv studio cable 54 oh i thought the signal Ah. didn't come from here still nada he sees nada sees nada Uh, all he sees is them baby blues so he asks if they can go into the studio he's never been in a tv studio before they ask for id he shows them their id with their their weapons apparently buck explains like he's just like what the fuck you know what the hell are you doing like you don't get it like there's no more countries there's no more nothing like they're basically like they're they're taking us over so fucking join the winning team right exactly join the winning team so he decides to portal the fuck out of there smart and then nada shoots another guard now, the anchors have no idea what's going on because it's fucking soundproof, and they're just reading the news as if everything is normal. Is this uh, the 30-second the... break, or is this the 90-second break? I I don't even know at this point. Oh, I think we might have ran too long. Yeah, so they blow the door down, and then they're like, oh, shit. And then he just starts mowing down, like, news crews, like there's, like there's no tomorrow. So they're heading through the office. He politely asks how to get to the roof. Like, the security is chasing them with their PKE meters. They take out some more guards on their way up but the guards on the 21st floor are waiting for them they grab holly and nada and they make it to the roof now there's this satellite dish well before they make it to the roof yes holly shoots frank in the head that seems like pertinent information to mention ah uh, that's true because remember roddy makes it to the the satellite dish he's like this is the signal hey you guys are you guys behind me i'm waiting for you guys to be behind me and then he turns around and he's like, oh, fuck. That happened really quickly. Because he's an idiot. Because you know I'm what? I'm just saying the whole, like... All right. I'm so, saying no, the whole, let like, me get... I, I, I take it back. He's not an idiot. He was blinded by her beauty and her pretty blue eyes. And he, he was asleep to the fact of all these clues that were presented to him from the time he met her to now. That she may not be who he thinks he wants her to be. Fair. How did she get to that meeting so quickly? Of course. She mentioned that the signal's not coming from Channel 54. He goes to Channel 54, finds out the signal is coming from Channel 54, and he's still on her side. Why? Because the woman he kidnapped is still bullshitting? (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, she shoots Frank in the face. They make it to the roof. And uh, there's a helicopter that's hovering around the thing. Like, the satellite dish, like, he he looks at it, and it's like this fucking... I don't know what the fuck it is. It looked like a nuclear reactor-type fucking thing. It was like a weird rod. Yeah. That looked like it could shoot lasers. Yeah. Satellite dish thing. He asks if Holly is clear. Says, I'm clear. Pulls a gun. Tells him not to shoot the tube thing. Don't interfere. You can't win. And the guy in the helicopter starts counting down. Nada just shoots Holly. And then Finally, just says, he woke up. He woke. He, oh, he reawoke. He reawoke. He's mad woke now. He's mad woke. And shoots, he, basically, he just goes, fuck it. Shoots the thing, big explosion. And then the sniper shoots Nada. And like shit's blowing up everywhere. And he just, as he's dying, gives, gives the copter the finger. Fun fact, Roddy uh, mentions after watching the movie, he goes, you know what? I should never have gave the finger like that. It it wasn't fully extended. It was kind of limp. I should have fully erected my finger. (laughs) I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? 
Like I, I, I thought it was fine. He's dying, and he still has enough courage to flip flip the guy off. That's what I took it as. But he's yeah. like, nah, my finger needed to be a boner. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all of a sudden, people can now see like humans can now see the aliens, and he, they're just he like, broke what the spell. The Everyone yes. is woke now. Yes. And the final scene is, like, this chick who's, like, riding a dude and then looks down, sees that it's an alien, and he's like, hey, what's wrong, baby? Yeah, those are the, the only boob shots of the movie. But but there was a scene that I mentioned earlier where the guy's in the bar and he's real, like, oh, fuck. Like, he's surrounded by humans and he's drinking his, his Obey beer. And uh, you see the, the people on TV are all lizard people. I really love this movie. It's awesome. I do, too. It's so fun. Like, it, it, you don't have to look at it politically or anything like that. You can just look at it as aliens are just trying to take over the world. I, I just I, I, just think it's so fun. And Roddy Piper did a great job and kind of set the stage for, you know, I know he's a wrestler and, and things like that, but he kind of, like, set the tone for, like, future guys like Hulk Hogan and, like, The Rock, John Cena. Like, they're kind of blazed a trail for them. So what do you give it? I am going to give it, I'm going to give it a solid four brains. Nice. That's pretty solid. Three brains. Nice. You know what? Just for formaldehyde face. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I can't, I can't up it for that. But, but three and a half brains. Brains. I'm definitely going to give it three and a half brains. Yeah. Social commentary. And I know a lot of people are like, I just want straight horror. I don't want any subtext. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know if you've ever watched horror, but there's a, usually subtext. So, I mean, usually there's some kind of emotion and theme and motif running through these things. But like you said, it doesn't have to be political. Yeah, I mean, even no. though this was about, like, you know, Reaganomics and the, the trickle-down effect, there's a great show on Netflix. I think it's called The Platform. Well, and I've, it I've kind, seen that. It kind of demonstrates how trickle-down effects work. Everyone at the top gets a buffet, and as the, as the the tray gets passed further and further down, there's less food to eat. And by the time it gets to the bottom, people have been so fucking greedy that there's nothing to eat. So those people want to climb up and kill. I haven't checked it out yet, but I mean, just the plot alone, and the I want to I want to see that. But that anyway, that's what the yeah. movie's about. I went down the road way too many times watching this movie. But I have to say, Ray Nelson's story is definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's it plays, you know, vastly different from the the movie. Not not vastly different, but just uh, a fun different. We'll, we'll we'll say. I'm trying to think of a good example now, but I, I forget. Oh, the ending. That's where I wanted to go. So the ending is pretty pretty similar. So I, I've read, I, I read an analyzation earlier of the movie today, and the person was disappointed that at the end, Nada dies and he doesn't get to complete his mission, what what he wanted to do, but he did. He woke everyone he up. He broke the spell. So Ray Nelson had mentioned that after the short story, yeah, Nada dies. Spoiler alert, dies there too. World War Three happens, 
and I guess it would it even be World War Three? Wouldn't it be like intergalactic world intergalactic war one? Planetary? Intergalactic planetary planetary intergalactic Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Don't you tell me to smile. All right, so anyway. <laughs> so that he starts a war. He started the revolution by waking everyone up. Everyone's awake now. So I, I, I don't know. I like that. I like the ending of the movie. I thought it was perfect. Everyone is awake now, and they, they see what they need to see. I wish, no, I, agree. I wish that could happen in reality. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of likes and follows off this one, but not a lot of like comments. Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of. I got a couple comments. Um, my cousin, actually, Robin, when I posted it on Facebook, she says, "Oh my God, I was so into Roddy Piper after watching this. The special effects didn't really age well, but the concept and the creep factor are still pretty amazing." I didn't have a problem with the special effects. Cheesy. No, I didn't have a problem with them either. Cheesy, but, yes. Yeah, but like I, they're eighties cheesy. The whole thing about putting the sunglasses on, taking the sunglasses off. If you've seen our YouTube video, hey, motherfuckers still doing that same shit now. <laughs> Nowadays, <laughs> it's true. I got a great one. Back on four twenty, we were talking about this movie. Literally got this text on four twenty. Um, I was talking to Lauren about. They Live. And she says, I asked Nick about They Live, and he says, yeah, I've heard of it. All I know is that he's out of bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I've been saving that little that little funny one un, uh, until today because that's, that's fun. Horror Babe of the Month. Natalia Dyer. See, she was my vote for last month, but I apparently got overruled. Well, that happens. It's fair. So, yeah, we're going back to back Stranger Things because, you know, Stranger Things is the most popular thing in the world right now. But yeah, that's, she's obviously like her character, the way they've grown it from the first season to now. Her story arc job. has has gone crazy. And uh, yeah, a lot of people shipping her to a lot of different people and, and see that goes to show you how popular of a character she is yeah because a lot of different uh, people want her for a lot of, a lot of different uh other characters she's got a lot of a lot of stuff coming out a lot of stuff she, she has been in she was in after darkness which it sounds i had i had not seen it with kyra sedgwick it's like a a scary, bleak, apocalyptic movie that I can't believe wasn't on my radar when we did our dystopia episode because basically the sun burns out and the richer people were hoping to get saved and then they have to deal with the other people. Uh, she was in Things Heard and Seen, which was on one of my lists. I think it was my uh, New Fear's Eve list. That was a pretty good movie. Oh, with uh, Amanda Seyfried. She was in Velvet Buzzsaw. I didn't see that. And upcoming All Fun and Games, directed by Ari Costa and Erin Kalibogla. Sorry. Sorry for fucking up your names. But they're directorial debuts, which is very exciting because I love seeing a director's first movie 
and then you watch like a few movies in like i mean i hate to use quentin tarantino as an example because i saw pulp fiction first but then i I was like "Ooh, reservoir dogs is also by him and watched it and i'm like damn this movie's awesome obviously it wasn't pulp fiction but it's fun to see see the growth you know it's like watching a baby grow up into a, a full ass human Cheers. All right, so yeah, so this this month is a little weird because it's July. We got a lot of shit going on. I'm Those going vacations. on vacation. Jeremy's going on vacation. Hey, you know what? For a tangent, I know you usually have already got our tangent, but we're doing everything backwards. So you got our movie, but uh, let's do a tangent on vacations. So sure. that way we get the full feel of vacations on vacation. It would be nice. Like maybe I'll phone this in. From the beach, man. Nice. Yeah. Also, at the end of the month, we have Laura Ellen Wilson coming back. Holy crap. That might not make it until August, though. It may not make it till August. Like but, the fucking, but we'll that's be, like, isn't we'll, that on the 30th? Yeah, we're talking to her on the 30th. But I'm excited for that because she's been doing a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, that's very excited. Very excited to talk to her again. Um yeah. yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. So listen to us anywhere you want to. We're everywhere. We're in your headphones right now. We're in your car. Listen to me louder. <laughs> um fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com if you wanna suggest a movie, suggest a tangent. Tell us we suck. Tell us how awesome we are. Personally, rather hear how awesome we are. But I literally have hanging up the first ever (laughs) bad message we got. Fuck you, garbage. (laughs) I was listening to that episode where we we talked about that. Honestly, I love that. The guy, didn't he apologize? He apologized because I think he thought we were, like, Satanists. He thought we were Satanists because we were talking about a movie that involved (laughs) a cult. So, obviously, he was someone that had no idea what the fuck he was talking about and just randomly started talking trash, which seems like what a lot of people do. Um, But I hold that as a badge of honor. Fuck you, garbage. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Um... Check us out yeah. on YouTube, Fans of the Dead. Check out Jeremy and I melting our human faces off so you can see the reptilians in charge behind with our trouble bubble. Yeah, uh, you can also check us out on Instagram, Fans of the Dead Podcast. Uh, Facebook, Fans of the Dead. We have a website, fansofthedead.com, where you can check out all of our episodes. You can check out all of our youtube videos and uh you know buy yourself some t-shirts hell yeah buy a t-shirt buy a hoodie buy one of the cool hats that jeremy's wearing those are custom made man absolutely uh we're on the prescribed films podcast network uh where you can hear a bunch of other great entertainment themed podcasts mostly horror you have attack of the killer podcasts on there uh, it's their flagship show. Yeah. Did you say follow us on Twitter at Fans of the Dead One? Follow us on Twitter at Fans of the Dead One. Yeah, go do that. 
whatever you're on, whatever you see us on, hit the like, five-star review. We definitely would appreciate some more reviews or likes or high fives or whatever you feel like giving us. You're cool. We're cool. Hell yeah. Have fun. Be safe. Peace. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening